Hello beautiful souls, welcome to Blooming Mamahood, a podcast about empowering and celebrating mamas. This is your host, Lori. I'm a fertility, prenatal, postnatal, and kids yoga teacher, birth doula, childbirth educator, and mama. Each episode is created to help empower and inform you on your journey through mamahood. I am so grateful you are spending this present moment with me today. Let's dive in. Hello everyone and welcome back to Blooming Mamahood. Today's episode is with our guest Karina Dang. She is the creator of bombsuponatime.com and in today's episode we will be talking about adjusting to life with a newborn and what to know for the first six weeks postpartum. Uh, Karina is a labor, birth, and postpartum doula based in Edmonton, Alberta. She provides in-person support for families of all structures in Edmonton and neighboring counties uh, and also virtual support worldwide. And in today's episode, we will talk about what a postpartum doula is and then we will go over what life with a newborn can be like in the first few weeks, how baby sleeps, how baby eats, and how to take care of them. We'll also explore some tips regarding mom's own care postpartum and also she will share a few um, insights on what parents wish they had known before baby came and all kinds of really exciting advice so i hope you enjoy and let's just get into the interview well thanks for doing the podcast i'm really excited to have you on and talk about all these things yeah thanks for inviting me really honored to be here Okay, um, so, well, if you're ready, we can just hop right into the questions. Sure. All right, awesome. So first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I was born and raised in Edmonton in Alberta, Canada. Um, I live here with my husband and dog. Um, my husband and I, we just celebrated 16 years together, but we've been married for four and in my spare time, I enjoy uh, being outside. So mostly this summer, I've been exploring all of the off-leash trails with my dog. Um, otherwise, um, I, I enjoy just being outside, like even on my hammock. And more recently, uh, we just started picking up the hobby of fishing. So that was really nice um, to be outside on the waters. Um, I also enjoy badminton. So that's one of the things that I miss the most during this time and um, in terms of other activities I like uh, VR which is um, virtual reality so we've got a set at home and I enjoy playing uh, archery and the different like dance games that we have on there uh, I really enjoy tabletop games like board games card games things like that I can get pretty competitive and more laid back I enjoy my TV dramas so like Grey's Anatomy, This Is Us, A Million Little Things, um, Station 19. Like, I'm basically the only reason why we have cable in our house. Um, and I also consider myself a foodie. So I enjoy cooking and eating um, all the good foods. Cool. And what inspired you to pursue a career as a doula? So my background is actually in education and kinesiology. So I graduated from the University of Alberta with a Bachelor of Education as well as a Bachelor of Kinesiology. And it was actually in my undergrad that I discovered what doula support was. 
Um, and I continue to hear more about people's experiences with doulas. Um, and pretty much every time it was never because I initiated it. And the more I heard about um, how doulas helps people through their births and uh, their postpartum periods, the more I realized that um, my background in education kinesiology is, is very transferable to being able to support people um, in their birthing journeys as well as their parenting journeys as well. Um, so um, I really, really, I was really drawn to the fact that it, I could use those skills in a more personal setting. Um, and helping families through uh, a really exciting but sometimes anxious chapter of their lives. Um, so ultimately, that's that's what led me to um, pursuing a full-time career as a doula. And you are doing both doula and, uh, birth doula and postpartum doula work, right? Correct. Um, so birth doulas are becoming more and more popular these days, but we still don't hear that much about postpartum doulas. So can you elaborate a little bit on what postpartum doulas do and what kind of service you usually provide? Yeah, so postpartum doulas basically support families to help them navigate um, this chapter in their lives with an infant. So whether it's their first time, second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, um, with a new baby, the dynamics change. And especially if um, if it's uh, multiples as well. So a postpartum doula basically comes in and um, fills in the gaps of the uh, support that a family needs um, so that they can make it through this chapter as as well supported as possible. Um, so for me, I offer daytime and overnight support and each shift can look pretty different. Um, and parents can be as hands-on or hands-off with baby as they want each day and I come in and fill the gaps. So for daytime support, um, oftentimes it's just coming in for a few hours and um, again, I um, Parents can be as hands-on or hands-off as they want. So each day looks really different. So some days I'll come in with the same family and it's like, huh, baby didn't sleep at all last night and I'm just tired out. Um, but we we weren't able to put the dishes away. There's toys all over the floor. Um, and baby's also tired. Like, I really need some rest. So um, how can you help? And so in a case like that, um, then I'd let the parents go rest and then I can cover everything else and um, have baby um, by my side as well. Um, other times it's like, oh my goodness, I have been so preoccupied with um, my older children and I really want to just take some time to bond with baby. Cool. Then I can spend that time with older children, which they really like um, the novelty of having someone else come in and play with them. And then that gives uh, the parents the opportunity to bond with baby. Um, and then overnight, um, most of the time it's, it's like, like sleep is, um, the biggest, um, concern, um, that families have when they have, uh, overnight postpartum doulas come in. So, um, you can have clients that are like, they just want, they, they miss their, their pre-baby, um, amount of sleep that they were getting. And, it's just like they just want extra sleep. Other times people depend on uh, sleep for their mental health. So um, we know that sleep can be a major determinant on people who live with um, 
like anxiety or bipolar or um, insomnia, depression, etc. So um, for parents who live with um, things like that, sleep is a very big thing in them maintaining their mental health. So when I come in uh, for overnight support, I'm basically caring for the baby um, the entire night. So when baby wakes up, um, I'm feeding, changing, and then soothing baby back to sleep. Um, that way the family can um, sleep as well rested as possible and with as, as little disturbances as possible. Um, and if the um, parent is uh, either breastfeeding or chest feeding the baby, then it's simply a matter of like when baby wakes up, then I'm bringing baby to the parent, they feed and they text me when they're done. And it's a simple like exchange of me bringing baby back and soothing baby back to sleep and changing baby before that um, so that they can still get as much rest as they can as possible. Otherwise, it's even um, better for them for uh, less disturbed sleep if they were if they had expressed milk or formula that I was just gonna that I would just give the baby and that lets them sleep the entire time so that would be what um, overnight looks like and I guess in general we're looking at um, like baby care um, physical relief for the birthing um, parent or the birth giver who uh, needs to heal rest and nourish um, emotional support for the whole family, so um, like encouragement, uh, letting an ear and validating concerns. Uh, companionship's a big one when it comes to uh, postpartum families. Um, I also provide and source evidence-based info um, when they're trying to make decisions such as like sleep training or maybe they think they have um, supply issues, then they can ask me for um, info so they can make a best, the best decision for their family, um, knowing that it's, it's evidence-based. Um, I also do a lot of organizing. So families gain a lot of um, baby goods when they're preparing for baby to come. And then when baby comes, um, organization becomes like a very important thing um and so I actually do a lot of organization for like the baby's room when I come in to help postpartum parents um meal planning and meal prepping um so they can get ahead of the game when it comes to mealtime uh lighthouse work is very common so um common areas such as the kitchen so like Dishes getting put away or loading the dishwasher, uh, sweeping counters, um, tidying up uh, play areas. Laundry's a big one. Laundry piles up really quickly when a baby's here. So I basically summarize it as like um, in common areas and, and um, major uses of uh, the baby when baby's here. Um, also caring for the older children, as I mentioned, um, and uh, providing community resource connections and referrals. Um, and as well, I offer access to my lending library for all of my clients. That's a lot of stuff. But that's it is a lot of stuff. <laughs> it is I mean, a lot of stuff. It's versatile, right? It's it like really is. Whatever they need is what you provide. Exactly. Basically, as long as it's not medical, like we can't diagnose um, if they think 
um, their healing is not going well or if they think that baby is sick, like we can't diagnose that. So anything that's medical is completely out of our scope. But as long as it's not medical, we can help them in any way that that they need. Um, which I'm like really like support when you're in postpartum goes such a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And how long have you been doing that? Like how many families do you think you've supported through postpartum so far? Postpartum. So in terms of individual families, I would say more than a dozen, but less than two dozen. But like a lot of my families, I they take up a lot of my hours. So the question of like how many families that I supported, I don't know if it's really an accurate description of like how much experience I have because some of them like I was with them for as much as like 500 hours um so if we looked at it in like an hours perspective I think I'm over over 1500 hours of supporting parents postpartum yeah yeah, that's a lot. I mean, some people will need you only for like a handful of hours to situate themselves and other people exactly. will kind of rely on your services like on a longer term basis. Right? Exactly. And, and everyone has different needs and everyone has um, different support that they've already got set up. So yeah, you're totally right. Like some some clients I only see like four times and then others I see multiple times a week for several months. Since today's conversation is mostly going to be about life with a newborn, would you like to share what a typical day with a newborn can look like for pregnant mamas trying to prepare? Yeah, um, I would say that much of the day revolves around uh, like baby's sleep and eating and wake windows. Um, so when baby is sleeping, that's an optimal time for for the parents to sleep as well. Um, when baby's awake, it's a great time to help stimulate their development through play. Um, having them around you as you complete tasks like chores, uh, when you're eating, when you go shopping. So wraps and carriers are and strollers uh, are great to have a uh, baby with you um, during those times so that um, they can explore and um, really like get their development going as well. And then when baby's eating, it's also a great time for uh, both baby and parent to bond. Um, So using that time to um, have skin to skin, um, maintaining the eye contact really helps with bonding, chatting with them as they feed, um, reading their cues. So yeah, like a lot of it is, is when baby's awake, then you're stimulating them when they're eating, you can bond with them when they're sleeping then you, sh- you might want to sleep as well. And um, then it's kind of like a cycle of all of that throughout the day, especially for the first few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yes, baby, uh, babies obviously don't sleep um, like just at night and then eat three meals a day, right? So exactly. what does, what's important to know with like baby sleep and uh, baby feeding like for the first few weeks? Yeah, so they're actually quite similar. Um, they're very interrelated. Um, babies sleep a lot and they eat a lot, um, I guess in terms of frequency. Um, sleeping and eating happens in short bursts, but pretty frequently. Um, sleep in the first couple of weeks, you can expect them to sleep as much as 18 to 20 hours a day in the first couple of weeks, and then as much as 16 to 18 hours a day um, for the next few weeks uh, up until about the six-week mark. 
And when they're sleeping, they can be in short bursts or they might sleep a few hours at a time. And basically what wakes them up is either hunger or a soiled diaper or they, they're just done sleeping. And then um, when it comes to eating, um, it similarly to sleep, it happens frequently, but in, in shorter, shorter amounts. So their tummies are only so big. And especially when they're firstborn, the, the, their tummies are really, really small. And so they can only eat so much. And so that's why it has to um, happen more frequently. Um, in terms of like any patterns that might happen for eating and sleeping in the first six weeks, um, I would throw any expectations out the window and uh, know that it may not be consistent during that time. And once you think that there might be any consistency, then baby's got some sort of leap <laughs> uh, or developmental like um, spurt, and then you're figuring it out again. So that that would be like in, like for a reality check. I would throw any expectations out the window for at least those first six weeks. Yep, uh, I would agree. Based <laughs> on my personal experience. <laughs> yep. Um, so what are some of your top tips when it comes to taking care of newborn babies? Um, definitely having support. So as the birth giver, you need support so that you can heal and by healing, I mean like resting and nourishing. So childbirth, as a beautiful process as it is, lots of change happened during pregnancy. Um, and then you've got childbirth. And then in postpartum, your body is trying to get used to being not pregnant again. So having support um, is crucial to be able to care for your baby during that time. Um, and support can be any combination of you and your partner, um, immediate and extended family, friends, and of course, hired help. So um, I recommend that families set up support even before giving birth so that um, their village knows ahead of time, like, hey, um, birth is going to be happening soon and this is how you can support us. And, and truthfully, People want to know how they can help. Um, and so, like, beyond anything beyond, of, like, baby care, like, having the support will will um, really set you up to, to care for baby even better. So along with support, as you just mentioned, do you have any other tips for new mamas regarding their own care and recovery postpartum? Um, definitely resting and nourishing. Like, um, I find that the majority of my clients, they, they forget that they also need to continue eating and uh, hydrating for themselves. Um, a lot of the um, attention is like really put on baby once baby's here, that even to the point of um, birth giver, they forget to eat and drink for themselves. And especially if they're breastfeeding or chest feeding, um, eating for two and like maintaining hydrated is like crucial for um, maintaining milk supply. So, um, and then also like for mental health as well. Um, so definitely for the birth givers healing, uh, nourishing and rest. Um, 
your body went through a lot in the past nine to 10 months, typically. And um, as your body is trying to get back to like being in a non-pregnant state um, with everything that happened during childbirth, you want to be able to, you want to be able to take it easy. And then therefore being able to take it easy um, often requires some sort of support either from your partner or anyone else beyond within your village. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would definitely agree. (laughs) Uh, But it's so hard. Like you just focus on a tiny little thing that just needs all your attention and you completely forget. It's like four o'clock. You didn't have breakfast or lunch. You're like, totally, (laughs) totally. And this, I see this pretty much with every single daytime client that I have. I'll come in, could be at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 11 a.m., noon, 12, 1 o'clock, doesn't matter what time. The first thing I usually ask is, have you eaten yet? And almost always it's no. <laughs> yeah, you just don't, don't prepare for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so in your personal experience as a postpartum doula, what is one or a couple of things new parents uh, wish that they had known before baby came, retrospectively? Yeah, um, exactly what the body goes through in the healing process after childbirth. Um, I think that like in mainstream media, they show you, they really focus on the pregnancy and the childbirth and then they kind of just cut away from that. So you have no idea what it actually looks like to, to heal from the point where they cut off at (laughs) the birth of the child. So I think that really shocks a lot of uh, first time parents is um, exactly what the body goes through in um, those first few weeks postpartum. Um, some other things that I think are really common that um, kind of shock new parents is exactly how much sleep would change once baby comes home. And this one's a funny one because I I think that once you go through the postpartum experience, you, you want to warn other people, like, sleep is really going to change. Like, you're trying to get it into the heads of these expecting parents. But I feel like almost always expecting parents kind of brush it off. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to lose sleep. But they don't really know exactly how that's going to change. And and not only does it is it the surface level of sleep changing, but it's within those, like, hours of um at nighttime when you know baby's crying again but you don't know why and or during the daytime when your partner's gone back to work and it's just you and baby and you just can't get sleep so it's it's not as simple as just losing sleep it's it's those other layers that affect um the quality of sleep as well um and the third thing that i um have noticed that people wish they knew retrospectively is how the relationship between the birth giver and their partner uh, gets affected once baby's home. Um, Once baby's home, you start to see dynamics of um, how each parent uh, parents. um, And basically I've, I've heard this, um, this saying where any, any, um, any holes that you had in your relationship gets amplified once the baby is here. So it's really important. um, And I recommend it to my birthing clients um, is 
to really chat about like expectations and um, to chat about their relationship um, before baby comes so that when baby has arrived, um, con- the conversation's already been started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't see me, but I'm actually nodding the whole time. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I would say. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a doula too, so. <laughs> the new mom on top of that. So I just exactly. went through all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, re- going back to sleep, like, Tim is in the military, right? Like, my husband, mm-hmm. Tim, so he thinks he's, like, used to sleep deprivation because when they go in the field, like, they can't sleep for, like, 48 hours yeah. and things like yeah. that. And then, but then baby, baby disrupted sleep is very mm-hmm. different than just totally. not sleeping for 48 hours and then getting like a 12 hour snooze, you know? Exactly. It's like chronic for weeks and weeks and weeks and never ends. So it's the layers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, is there anything else you would like new parents who listen to this know about the early days and weeks with baby? Um... I really want to emphasize that the first few weeks and maybe even months may be difficult. Um, Most of that being from not being able to communicate clearly with baby, all the changes that happen with baby so quickly, like, man, all the spurts and all the developmental leaps, they happen so quick. Um, And of course, hormonal changes as well. So really difficult time when you combine all those things together. But um, I really encourage new parents to shift their mindset uh, to being able to enjoy this time as a bonding time with baby so that they can get to know each other more and and really like shift that mindset so that um it's not looking at it from a place of difficulty but more like a process um to grow with your baby as well Mm -hmm. yeah and since you do have like a large lending library, I did like go through the on <laughs> the website. Uh, do you have any book recommendations for new parents or soon to be parents? Um, my the number one book that I recommend is the first forty days. Have you read it? Um, yes. Well, I read like the beginning. Like I didn't really go through the recipes, but the oh yeah, yeah, actual- yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. before the recipes start, like that's to me, really vital information um, to set people up for their postpartum experience. And that's the one that I recommend the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, where can our listeners find you? Uh, so my website is bumpsuponatime.com. Um, that's also the name of my business. And similarly, on social media, you can find me using the handle uh, bumpsuponatime as well. And you're on Instagram and Facebook or just Instagram? I'm on Instagram and Facebook, yes. And technically Pinterest right. as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> technically. I will link everything in the show notes. So Wonderful. People can find you everywhere. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, coming on and talking about these things. I'm sure people have learned a couple things that they wish they would know. So. <laughs> I hope so. And thank you so much for inviting me. Um really such an honor to to be able to show up on here so this concludes today's interview i hope you enjoyed it everything that we mentioned including karina's uh links to our website instagram facebook and pinterest will be in the show notes along with the books that we mentioned thanks for listening 
and I will talk to you very soon. Thank you so much for listening to Blooming Mamahood. If you want to continue the conversation, head over to our Instagram at Blooming Mamahood and you can message me privately or head over to bloomingmamahood.com slash podcast and select today's episode to chat in the comment section. If you love this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcast and share it with your friends. If you would like to see more of my content, you can find me on Instagram at bloomingmamahood or visit my website at bloomingmamahood.com for more empowering and educational content about all stages of mamahood. Until next time, let yourself bloom into the unique and beautiful mama that you are. Stay kind to each other, sending love and light.